Hey! Whoa! Hey! This week on Two Dynamite Dudes, I fly solo this week to talk the polarizing no-rules match between Chris Jericho and Nick Gage, along with Domino's getting in the mix and PBR turning babyface. Plus, the Elite's full-court press against Hangman Page in the Dark Order. Tony Khan teases CM Punk appearance with AEW Rampage, The First Dance. Cash Wheeler gets sliced in tag match action against Santana and Ortiz. Ricky Stark celebrates NOLA style with the brass band playing. Tanahashi appears. Thunder Rosa battles Julia Hart. Is AEW competition to WWE? Vince McMahon doesn't think so. But hey, I push back. I push back on a lot. It's me. Just me. Just one. Dynamite Dude with Attitude on two, two, two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. It's just me, not my degenerate brother Marcus this week because he is on assignment away. He's gone right now. So it's not two Dynamite dudes with attitude. It's just one. So going to talk AW Dynamite, obviously. Uh, I am live, so feel free to join in on the conversation. I uh, want to talk a whole lot of different stuff from what happened on Dynamite to the outer surroundings of Dynamite to what's to come on Dynamite and rampage and all out and all that stuff so have any questions chime on in uh have any comments chime on in have any disparaging remarks chime on chime on in especially about my brother marcus that i'm i openly welcome that and i will rub it in his face later on so yes as far as things go uh keeping up shop trying to think if there's anything i really need to say not too much pretty good show overall a dynamite some people might think a little differently um and you know what i there's always so with today's society it's very black and white this or that you're one or the other that's very across social media very across social media but if you kind of take a step back look at everything there's so much gray to everything when it comes to you know whether you talk whatever Honestly, I feel that way across the board about things. People, I I hate labels, and I hate pinning labels on people. I don't like categorizing people. So it makes matters convenient, maybe, for people. Uh, and I get the, you know, just the kind of vibe. And it's very, obviously, it's a very divisive world right now. But here's what I feel. is like, there's a lot of gray area. So people will feel one way or the other. Uh... A lot of wrestling fans, ardent wrestling fans, felt a certain way about that no rules match to close out AEW Dynamite last uh, on Wednesday, right? Uh, you know, overall, people were like, hey, great for Nick Gage, great for that. A lot of wrestling Twitter felt that way. You go outside that box, uh, could be a little bit of a step back in a negative way for people uh, from like, a, I don't know, I have some very, uh, I, a lot of my college friends, across the board hated it hated it hated the whole thing 
Some people went as far as to say it was an embarrassment to wrestling. Now, I want to get your guys' thoughts on that, too. If you feel, feel there's like, if you feel it's an embarrassment to wrestling, if you feel one way or the other, let me know in the chat and stuff like that. Hey, Nesha, how are you? I'm going to try to keep, uh, it's kind of hard to engage so much, but I definitely want to, you know, get you folks in on it. Where's John Cena? John Cena is on SmackDown. So uh, he might be on SmackDown tonight. I don't think he was on Raw this past Monday. So um, what's up, Jason? How's it going? Uh, oh, he was in uh, Charlotte. Jason, let me know how you felt about the live environment being there. Um, what was the crowd reaction specifically to, to the main event live and in person like that? Uh, I would love to get your feedback on that. Um, so anyways, so uh, with the death match, obviously – the big one of the big takeaways was <laughs> and uh, perfect synergy. I think Russell Rose posted about it first when, when I first noticed it was the picture in picture synergy of Nick Gage holding up a bloody pizza cutter while a Domino's commercial was going on. Now that caught waves on social media, Twitter specifically, and then it went, uh, then it caught traction, caught traction, and here, lo and behold, Domino's disavowed it and it was like, no, we don't. Didn't want to associate with that. You know, if that happens, blah, blah, blah. Kind of a strenuous moment there. And, uh, you know, from an advertiser standpoint, uh, as you don't want that if you're any kind of show, you know, or anything like that. Now, here's the thing, though. Wrestling is not ballet, right? It's not. Now, I will say I am not the biggest deathmatch person. And I will say that, like, some of that stuff was like, oh, God. You know, uh, like the light tube. I did not think Jericho was going to go with light tubes. I did not think Nick Gage was going to pull out light tubes. I even made a joke about, you know, when I was covering it. I was like, hey, I'm going to eat a light tube and stuff like that. I just did not think they were going to put it. Did it. But you know what? Jericho was okay with it. Nick Gage did it. And you know what? Uh, it caused a lot of unease. Like, just me feeling that way, you know, and, and seeing it. It's like, oh, man, that's tough to watch. Um, so... But like, if you're in, like, it's a very small niche. My buddy made a very good comparison. Uh, who's a casual fan? He's a big Nick Gage fan. But he was like, it's almost like um, that super duper like deathcore metal. It's like that is not really mainstream, but there is a niche or niche, you know, for it where people will like it. And so um, now, if you're on network television like TNT. It's going <laughs> to, you're, you're trying to cast a wide net of people that you want to bring into your audience. Now, the ratings for Dynamite were good. They were good this week. A third, a Tony Khan tweeted about Third Street Rake on the Road that they were like the highest, I think, in like the demographic or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it. I, I'm going to be more curious, too, uh, what those ratings are going to be like next week after this happens. After is that going to turn people away? Is is all that going to happen? Is what they saw the the bloody pizza cutter, the, the the light tubes, the all the blood and everything like that? Is that going to turn people off? Now, I was thinking about it too, and it's like it's going on 10 p.m. at night. You know, wrestling is one thing. Sure, you'll see violence and stuff like that. That's a whole nother level of violence, but it's still wrestling. So. Um, and like a lot of my friends were like, I don't know how anybody could defend this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I like the aspect of number one, I think from a standpoint of Jericho's story being told 
what a neat chapter, especially if you're an ardent fan that knows everything about the business. It's a neat chapter in wrestling for, for Jericho. Now, uh, I also think that the story, the finish was awesome, wasn't it? I kind of thought it was cool. Jericho, you had, uh, you know, obviously was in dire straits. He was getting, he did everything. And like, you got to give tip your cap to Jericho too, to be willing to do that and going that far. Cause I thought it was going to be almost not like, you know, Jericho such an established star and veteran. You don't, he doesn't have to do that stuff. And, you know, he went all out, pun intended. He went all out and um, just, it was crazy. But from a storytelling telling standpoint, that finish was cool where like he misted him in the face, uh, hit him with that light tubes and then gave him the Judas effect. One, two, three. So, Second, he completes the second laser. Now, part of that issue, I will say, was we had a death match the week before, did we not, with Lance Archer and John Moxley, a match I really liked. Not a big death match fan, but I really liked that match. And, uh, you know, to have that week in and week out, you definitely don't want to make a trend of it. I'm sure they're not making a trend of it, but, you know, it's like two things had two consecutive weeks we have bloody matches to close out the show. You don't want to develop a reputation, you know, uh, but heck. And I would have made an argument that shouldn't that have been almost maybe the last labor, no matter who Jericho faces. You know, he's facing a legend like his old rival, Hoovy, next week. Uh, people are tweeting away about maybe Lance Storm getting into the mix. His first match ever, his tag team partner. Like he wants to, maybe that's something he would want to do in this thing. Uh, who knows what else is going to come up. But um uh, from that, uh, the a way that match was there, a bloody, it's extreme, crazy match like that. You want to say, like, shouldn't that have maybe been the final labor? Like, he survived that. Holy crap. <laughs> What's next? It's like, and so from that aspect, I think it told a, gr- a good, good story of Jericho's chapter. And heck, if you're an ardent fan and you're familiar with Nick Gage, uh, Nick Gage has a heck of a story. And like, People in the industry really like him, and I've met him a couple times, and he's a very nice person. <laughs> like, he's a nice person, so it's pretty easy to root for him. So, like, there is that aspect of it. But when you cast a wide net, when you're trying to bring in a big audience, you know, and you're pushing away advertising, is that – it's a little it's a little contradictory, is it not? Like, uh, you know, controversy creates cash, and even Bischoff tweeted out, like, hey – you know, I don't, I'm not a fan of hardcore matches, but there's a variety. And even Cody says there's like, it's ice cream flavors for everybody here. And so there is that aspect. Uh, you certainly, it's, this is kind of a wait and see thing. I like from a, what I heard, what Meltzer said was that Tony Khan like got the AOK from TNT to do this. And, um, but heck, when you got an advertiser pushing back, you don't want to be reactionary to what that adver- advertiser say, but you do want to keep that in mind. Like you don't want to adhere to what the advertiser say because you're going to dilute the product, not dilute it, but like stifle the product because you're worried about what other what your those advertisers are going to say when it's freaking wrestling and it's violent in nature. Obviously, not to that level of death matches, but geez, <laughs> it's there, right? So. I don't know. Let's uh, let me look and see what you guys are saying here. I want to uh, take a look. They listen to you. I mean, never book a hotel third party. Home. Okay. So Jason says, I never got to saw AEW care for him at all. Oh, Gage. Okay. I never knew who Gage was until I saw him at AEW. So I don't care for him at all. Okay. There's a place for those type of matches. Nesha says, but they work when not done regularly. Correct. I agree with you. 
you have to if you're going to do them you do them very seldomly and you pick and choose your moments uh let's see what's up steven how are you uh nesha how did you feel about your daughter watching that match i'm curious about give me your feedback on that um let's see rick says oh rick hey welcome you were a treat the last time if that's the same rick no it will draw more adults to aw what he will go through to get to AGF, uh, MJF. Yeah, you know, it. You know, there's something to say to that. But, I mean, even me, I'm a huge wrestling fan, obviously. Jeez, I'm fucking writing for a website. And, you know, I do this, like, for another job. So, uh, but even seeing that stuff, I'm like, ooh, gosh. Like, the light tubes, I'm just like, just not for me, you know? Not for me, but I, I get it. Um, let's see. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Uh, back from Charlotte, Steven had fun. Okay. Protest dominoes. Yeah. I wanted to mention that, uh, PBR that's blue ribbon really turning baby face. Uh, dominoes is pushing back and being the heel, but Pat PBR is like, Hey, Tony Khan, get a hold of us. You know, uh, <laughs> pretty funny stuff. Um, it, you know, Hey, if you get another advertiser, like somebody thrown in there, why not? You know? Uh, so Nesha says for her daughter, she's seen Jeff Hardy have a screwdriver through his ear. Ooh, doesn't seem to bother her. Man, that made me cringe real bad. I forgot about that. The screwdriver through the hair. Um, Steven, I'll talk about the 10-man tag here in just a second. Uh, but let me see. if I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. Oh, okay, Jason. You didn't see AW in Charlotte. Uh, SummerSlam is going to be it. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, cool stuff. But, yes. Um, so, as it stands... I like the finish of the match. I like the story that it told in the match. I'm not a big deathmatch fan. Uh, I thought Nick Gage made the most of his moments. And I thought the promo he cut beforehand was really cool too. And just established like that chaotic character. And heck, that was a big part of it. Like, geez, this guy is nuts. He's going to kill Jericho. And like going through the pane of glass, all that stuff. Nuts. Crazy. I kind of had fun watching it. <laughs> I, I can't lie. It was fun. Like, People will say it's garbage and all that stuff. And other wrestlers, though, who will say, like, you know, whether they participate in death matches or they know about death matches or aware of it, say there's a certain art to it. And uh, I think Eric Stevens, the former wrestler, mentioned that Nick Gage knows what he's doing. So really interesting stuff to think about. Um, now, the opener. Let's talk about that a little bit. I want to make sure I covered all the bases that I think I wanted. With If you have a guys want to give any more feedback in regards to that match, feel free to. And I'll just. I'll try to keep uh, looped in here. Uh, oh, okay. Jason says, with what you were talking about, I'd love to see Lance Storm in AEW just tag with Jericho again. You know what? I would like that, I think, too. I would like that. You know, where MJF maybe brings in a tag team of a certain name or something that's unexpected. And, you know, he's like, you have to pick a partner. And then, or he picks his own partner. Yeah, I'll pick up your washed up buddy Lance Storm. And there you go. You know, there you go. I think that would be pretty darn cool and a neat thing where it's not like, I don't want to say telegraph, like if it's Lance Storm versus Jericho, I think it would just, yeah, I don't know. That just doesn't, it wouldn't make sense. I don't think. Cause what, what kind of grudges Lance Storm have against Jericho? You can tell a story, I guess, but you know, I would like, I think Jason, I think that's a great point. I like that a lot. Hey, James, James is in here. He grew up watching Texas wrestling. So don't mind a death match once in a while when it makes sense. Uh, Yes, I I do agree. I think there is a spot for it. Heck, Terry Funk's done him. 
Abdullah uh, Butcher is known for them. Uh, you know, certainly in Japanese wrestling too. Uh, people will say, you know, I get, I get the pushback against it. I, you know, from a mainstream overall perspective, and it's not my cup of tea, but you know, it's there. And um, I wouldn't just hit that button too many times. And it's, I think something to note is that like, Hey, we had two of these kind of matches two weeks in a row. So you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to develop a reputation. I thought it was fun to watch. So, uh, but okay. I want to get your guys' thoughts on the opener too. So initially, so uh, I thought it was very cool. Wasn't that intro with uh, hangman page, the dark order, that video of being a cowboy and all that stuff really well done. Um, I almost thought uh, Hangman was going to get a new entrance music. Tell you what, uh, you want to hear a good, uh, good entrance music. His name is King. Uh, type that in Spotify or something like that. Uh, and Or type in Red Dead Revolver theme. And that is what Hangman Page should walk out to. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. Um, anyways, so but that was a good package. And then the Bucks coming out. Uh, you know... It was a tie-in to uh, Space Jam and all that stuff, but uh, and it was funny. It was entertaining. Uh, a lot of my traditional buddies did not like that either. Uh, they're big. They're big into the cornet world of things, and uh, you know, I listen to cornet and some of the. I think some of the stuff he has is okay and sound. Other things I don't agree with him with. Uh, I think it's a little over the top with some of the criticisms, obviously, because uh, I mean, Dynamite's a fun product. I mean, I love doing this show week in and week out. So anyways, anyways, the match itself, really fast paced. I like that it went a few commercial breaks. Um, very, some of the st- aspects of it, though, were a little messy. Like, and even JR, you could kind of see is like, not his cup of tea that much. I do appreciate it when JR gets surly, or as they say in Grilling JR, red ass. You get red ass, JR. Um Cause like he calls out Rick Knox for being a bad referee and he's like, Hey, he's on the take. Isn't he like kind of saying stuff like that? I appreciate that stuff. Jr. is always the checks to the balances. And I think it's great to have him there because, you know, there's certainly the modern wrestling that, you know, is, you know, times change and, and, you know, styles change and all that stuff. But Jr. knows his stuff. And there's something to be said about how traditional wrestling works and like how it's done properly. Stuff like that. Obviously, a referee, you need to have order and shit like that. So, anyways, the finish at, uh, I mean, I was shocked that Paige lost. Down 2-1, I thought he was going to chip away even. Or, I mean, 3-1 was tough. I was like, how's he going to pull this out? I was like, are they going to make him lose? And sure enough, they did. He had the fighting spirit. He kicked out of a whole bunch of stuff. But, hey, you know what? He lost. And I was like, dang it. How are you going to do that? Uh, and it, it did present some intrigue because, hey, we got CM Punk coming up. We got Daniel Bryan coming up, Brian Danielson. All that stuff is in play. So who is going to face who at all out? You know, obviously it's looking maybe like Punk, maybe. Uh, who knows, though? Who knows? Anyways, uh, so I was kind of like, all right, you're jobbing out a guy you want to build to. And he was the predicted guy for all out. You know, Hangman has been told this story. And so I was like, at first, I kind of was like, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. But I saw something. I saw something on Twitter. I mentioned Russell Rose earlier. Uh, Russell Rose is a podcast 
three, I think it's three comedians and one wrestling writer. Yes, three comedians, one wrestling writer, former WWE writer, uh, and they roast a certain wrestler of the week, legendary, typically. And then they also cover news throughout it. It's a very fun show. I've been a guest on there and stuff. I was on there when they, we roasted the big show. Uh, anyways, so Scott Chaplin, one of the comedians, talked about, he made the prediction that Hangman's going to lose. He, so this was aired beforehand. And he said that Hangman, there's more story to be told with Hangman. So this aspect of the story was like he found his friends in Dark Order, He but he needs to win on his own. That's what's the story that's going to be told. He's got to win on his own. So I was like, you know what? I like that. And, you know, I can buy into that. So now I kind of liked it. <laughs> it swayed me. I'm, I'm for it. Uh, let's see. I want to cover a couple of these things. Yeah. Nesha says she expected Hangman to win. Um, Texas Wrestling is when I became a fan and Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've met Jerry briefly when he was at StarCast. They did the uh, Andy Kaufman story and I, I got to talk to him just briefly at the end of it. Um, yeah, he's a very nice person. Uh, let's see. Oh, Jason just turned 45 three days ago. Happy birthday, Jason. Uh, but anyways, um, so yeah. Now, basketball stuff, uh, was it, did it take away from the intensity of the moment? Maybe a little bit, I feel. Uh, it did, I feel, a little bit. Uh, but the Bucks have not have not really been super serious either since they've turned heel, have they not? So, I mean, I don't know. Like the stakes are high. Um, the Bucks are cocky, so I'm not that out of. I I don't think it was that damaging to it to bring in a basketball hoop and all that kind of aspect. Kind of funny that Nick even missed the dunk and stuff like that. So um, the opener I thought was pretty decent. Uh, I, and like I said, at first I was not a fan of the finish, but now I, I kind of buy into it. Thanks to Scott Chapman. So um, good stuff. Uh, what else do I want to talk about with this week's Dynamite? Well, let's uh, let's kind of break away a little bit here. No, we, we won't. We won't. Uh, Tanahashi, how about that? Huh? I was pretty, I was like, dang, the Forbidden Door is indeed open. And Tanahashi is one of those, the biggest stars New Japan could have walked through that door. So, and it, at first you were like, yeah, he's, uh, he's going to be on downline, right? And hey, he still might, but, uh, it's more so to promote the New Japan. Uh, I can't remember the name of the show that it is. If somebody knows the name of the New Japan show coming up, just type it in, in the chat. Um, oh, Nesha says the elite got their swag back this week. Yeah, it was, the basketball look was kind of pretty unique. Uh, I thought it was, uh, clever and I was all right with, even with the Space Jam tie-in. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that too, Nesha Kaz. Um, but I thought with Tanahashi, I mean, geez, the stakes are even raised because there's so much going on, like from Punk to Daniel Bryan. Now a big star like Tanahashi too getting in the fold and uh, battling Lance Archer at the whatever that New Japan show is going to be. And so uh, it was neat to see him uh, actually be kind of more of a presence on the AEW product. It's lot of a uh, lot of channels floating through and uh you know overlapping so pretty exciting stuff and you know i think overall i did not mention this too with dynamite and that main event and that crowd and um 
just all these different unknowns coming into play. You know, what's happening here? What's with Tanahashi? What's with New Japan? What's with even like some NWA possibilities? And uh, you could go on with some of this stuff too. Um, Cody and Malachi Black getting mixed up. Uh, there's a buzz about wrestling. Now, wrestling is not as popular, obviously, as it was in the Attitude Era. And, you know, it's going to take a lot of work to get back to that. Um, but it's undeniable that there's buzz right now. And that this, the pro I think this AEW product really speaks to a lot of how wrestling fans feel. There's an excitement that wrestling fans haven't had. Like, and when you watch something like WWE week in and week out, and not only that, but you blend the whole pandemic coming into play. There's been a lot of like stagnancy and expectations, uh, negative expectations of what maybe WWE, how they book things and how they, they handle baby faces and all that stuff comes into play. And it's not as satisfying, you know, uh, because you always have Vince pushing back. And we'll talk about that here in a second too. Vince pushing back uh, to the fans and not playing to their wishes when he should be in certain ways not you now as a, a promoter you shouldn't you shouldn't always play to the fans wishes because you know then you don't have really a whole lot of control now like but ultimately you have to listen to your fans because that's what gets you the money and wrestling since it's days on the carnival grounds was all about separating the consumer from their cash so anywho i feel that there's a buzz and so, and you see the ratings kind of boosting up for AEW and kind of closing that gap in between Raw. Uh, it's a very satisfying time to be a wrestling fan. So I think um, it's just been, it's been very cool to cover. And uh, with Punk and Danielson in the mix, it just gives that feeling like, hey, something's big going, coming around the bend here. Now, will that have as big as a uh, pack as big as a punch as Scott Hall and Nash uh, resurging and making this big, you know, boom for wrestling once more. Uh, then you combine that with Austin and Bret Hart and the rock and, you know, DX. Uh, that's a lot of work. And that's a lot of the, a lot of the current day stars are not that level of household names. Like I love CM Punk. I love Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's my guy. Like Brian Danielson's my guy. Like, but uh, the it's there's not quite even seen as not to that level of like the rock in Austin, and, uh, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan and, and Bruno, even back in the day, if you're going that far back, there's still that there's a bit of that separation. So, uh, but heck you have new stars. You have these very established, still established named stars like punk and Brian coming in and that could make everybody level up if you handle it right. So very exciting. So this leads me into my next topic. Let me see. I'm going to catch up. So, so here, uh, <laughs> Nesha, you say, uh, you, I, I miss your brother here. Wanted to know how he felt about juice being back. I know how exciting is that? You know, we're going to get a late take from him. Maybe what we'll try to do is Sunday. If he gets back, maybe we can do like a truncated one where like he just gives his quick thoughts or something. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, Yes, I believe Punk is back when we see him. Daniel Bryan, I believe, is signed. That's what Nesha says. So, you know, yeah, jury's still out of Punk. But listen, I think with the United Center announcement on Rampage, the first dance, and those ticket sales, you have to almost deliver Punk. 
if you're AEW, if you're Tony Khan, that's I think it's I think it's pretty it's at this point next year I think it's a layup. I, I would say different before Wednesday happened. I'd be I'd be with you, but now I think it's gonna happen. It's I mean why why book that big of a venue and then sell that many tick like it's just and then make all those hints too like Darby Allen the best in the world and um the then just like kind of embracing the CM Punk chance in the crowd you know that there's a lot of just stuff and then MJF even made a reference to his pipe bomb promo way back in the day too so a lot of things to think about there uh oh thank you uh Nomusa I don't want to butcher your last name, but thank you, Nomusa. A lot of love from you in South Africa, Cape Town. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Yes, looks like Darby may get a rematch with Miro. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he will get that sometime down the line. But heck, we got Darby and Punk coming up, right? I just, and you know what? We didn't even mention that. And to push back at Marcus, Marcus is like, you can't bring Punk in as a heel. You can't. I think you can. I think you can. I don't think it really matters what you bring Punk in as, whether it's a baby face or a heel. He's going to get a positive reaction either way, either way, but Punk can play a heel and Punk is, can, is, you could argue that Punk's born to play a heel, but he's also a very good baby face. So, um, I think you can play it off like Darby having him fight against Punk and Darby in the baby face role, even if Darby gets booed in Chicago. I mean, it's Chicago. What are you going to expect? You know what I mean? So <laughs> James says, uh, <laughs> respect to your slapdick brother. Uh, <laughs> so, yep. Hi, Rith. How are you doing? Thanks for tuning in. Why has AEW not opened the Forbidden Door with ROH yet? Is the relationship with ROH and New Japan over? You know what? I would say it is. Uh, I don't think they had a very strong relationship. And you know what? I think what really soured New Japan with that relationship was the Madison Square Garden show during WrestleMania weekend uh, two years ago. Two years ago, right? Two years ago. You know, just poorly handled by our, on our Ring of Honor's part. Um, and you know, uh, I think there was just a lot of heads button there and, um, you know, I think they moved on. They got impact in the mix. They got, uh, they got, uh, geez, AW, uh, even loosely here and there, you'll get a little bit of MLW, uh, hanging out with the, like with Rocky Romero and stuff like that. But yes, I think, uh, ROH, you know, ROH really found that isolated themselves. Um, and I don't think the fact is that, uh, Marty Scroll still being in the mix helps. I don't think that helps. Uh, and, you know, I heard something too, where he's still working behind the scenes and all that stuff. He's just not, he's just not a figure on there. And, you know, I think that's a problem. Uh, you don't want to associate with that. That's just negative feedback for you uh, as a company. If you're, if you're getting in the mix with all that stuff, I like ROH, like overall as a product, I love the pure wrestling aspect. Uh, Jonathan Gresham is like a world beater. I love the new faction with uh, Chris Dickinson and uh, Homicide. And, uh, Tony Deppin, I believe, is in there. Um, and Brody King. I don't know the name of it. I know it's Violent Something. Uh, but I like that. Yeah, I think it's a great product. But heck, you got to get rid of Marty Squirrel. I think that's an issue. And, you know, I can't blame AEW. I can't blame anybody for not associating with uh, ROH2 at that level. A uh, lot of work they got to do. Wolf Guitars Den says Darby is a beast. I'm excited to see the new faces coming to AEW. I really want to see Braun Strowman though. Interesting. That's an interesting take. I I've said before on here, I'm not a big Braun Strowman advocate. Uh, I don't think he really fits too much in the mix of AEW, especially with all these names coming in. I think you have your your platter pretty full, even if you have 
two shows going. You know what I mean? And you already have big men that you're trying to establish, especially like somebody like a Lance Archer and a Miro to an extent as a big man too. Um, I just don't think there's room for Braun and I don't think he'd really fit in the mix very well. I still kind of feel that way too. Um, let's see. Rut, will Batista make his debut in AEW after he gets his Hall of Fame induction? Not as a wrestler, but as a guest or as a personality. I could see something. I'm sure there's maybe something to that, but I think if that happens, that's way down the line. I just don't think Batista is very inundated with wrestling at the moment. Um, you know, he's got his ties to WWE and stuff like that, but so did Jericho and so did everybody else too that you think about. So I won't rule anything out at this point. Um, you know, and people, the thing about AEW is they have such a good positive reputation with wrestlers. Like, you know, from a backstage dynamic, wrestlers love working for them. It's a fun environment. It's laid back, but it's friendly. And, you know, it's, you see the product that they put out week in, week out. Now, you know, you can parse it up and say like, listen, there's issues with this or whatever, but ultimately it's a fun place to work. And, you know, so I won't rule that out with Batista. Uh, pretty cool to see Conan with Santana Ortiz. Yes, I agree with you. Um, it's a shame though, that like the, the match didn't go full whole hog because of the injury to cash Wheeler. But you know what? We'll see more of that coming down the road and stuff like that. Uh, it was a good match starting and going into it. And then, like, they had to call an audible. I mean, shit happens. Again, it ain't ballet. So uh, I thought it was a good match. Uh, I always appreciate seeing Conan on my screen. He does add such a good element with promo, with the presence, all that stuff. And the knowledge. He's a very knowledgeable person, too. So, obviously, and he's got his fingerprints a lot on, on MLW. And, you know, uh, obviously, he's welcomed into the... AEW fold and stuff like that. So there's a lot of value to Conan. Uh, hate to be Lee Johnson next week. Yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm sure they're going to put him over just a little bit against Miro, but not too much. I think you really have to keep making Miro that world beater. You know what I mean? A uh, cool to see Haku. I totally agree with you, Steven. Um, yeah. How awesome was that? You know, and he even put the Tongan death grip in on Lance Archer. So it was a nice little uh, aspect he got. Um, yeah, and I, I thought Archer, it was great Archer won that match, too, because, you know, he won the title. You don't want to have him just be a transitional champion to that extent where he just wins and then loses it. So uh, maybe he'll lose it to Tanahashi, and uh, that will still make sense because Tanahashi is such a legend and star. So uh, that would be fun, I think. But, uh, yeah, it was cool to see him and definitely cool to see uh, Haku there. Uh, I would love to see Murphy in AEW. Yeah, Murphy is such a talent. I'm sure that people are keeping tabs on him. And, you know, uh, he's got a lot to prove. He's got a huge chip on his shoulder. Like, he had so frustrated with WWE. You can see from the social media side of things how frustrated he was. So, uh, again, it's just something that you have to be careful with. AEW, like, they have so much talent now. So many stars that you want to that you, you got to factor in the mix and two shows. It's going to be tough. I think uh, it's going to come to a point in time where they got to kind of, I don't want to say thin the herd, but I want to say like make a, come up with a system of some sort where it's, you can either rotate talent through, uh, keep some strictly to YouTube, keep some strictly to rampage, 
brands. I don't know about that, but it's like maybe just make them the focus, you know, of those certain shows and stuff like that. Um, the oh, the labors of Jericho reminds me of the retirement tour of Ric Flair. That's interesting. That's a good. I think that's a good comparison. Uh, because yeah, it was pretty neat to see Rick go up against current day stars and still like fighting for that, defending that IC title, I believe it was, and everything. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a pretty darn good comparison. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, Nick, I do believe CM Punk is going to AEW. We talked about that a little bit earlier. I think it's uh pretty much telegraphed in a lot of ways. Uh, I think the first dance kind of sold out to today actually for Rampage. And so, I mean, you got to deliver on those expectations. Uh, imagine them not bringing CM Punk for that. That would be crazy. <laughs> so I think it's pretty surefire that we're getting CM Punk. And we might even get a tease before that. So we'll see how it goes. Who do you see from New Japan go against? Here it is, Rich. It's going to be Tanahashi, I think. Moxley made that, cut that promo. And uh, Tony Khan, I think that Tony, he touched base with Tony Khan like the night before or something about it. I think that's what we're going to see at All Out. And what a what a stack card that would be if you have Moxley and um, Moxley and Tanahashi going at it. Then you have Kenny Omega probably maybe fighting CM Punk. Daniel Bryan maybe, or even Darby Allin fighting CM Punk. Let's say that. And then uh, Kenny Omega going up against Brian Danielson. There's a lot of stuff. We just don't know where it's going to lay out. And I think that's what makes it intriguing too. Like it, it is okay when stuff is a little telegraphed as long as they tell a good story. But hey, it's always cool to be like, hey, what's exactly going to happen? How's this all going to play out? Is Rampage coming to TSN? I wish I could tell you either way, Nick. I don't know. Um, I would think, I mean, that's smooth. I think overall Dynamite in 2022, two is moving to tbs and i think rampage is going to be on tbs first so i wish i could help you on that i don't know um i'll believe okay <laughs> with crying daniel said is that was that intentional or is that near <laughs> i'll believe it when i see along with crying dancing uh who was more was more wins on jericho than jericho has more wins on yeah that's a good point james like uh, the infamous storyline is who be getting unmasked by Jericho and, you know, like kind of just uh, him getting the better of him, but you know what? He was still a great rival. I'm very excited to see who again. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and everything like that. Uh, the undertaker will not go to AEW. Nick. I just don't think that's in the cards. I don't think it will happen. Uh, wouldn't, want to be there if punk doesn't show up yeah Nessa, i agree with you there uh steven let's see oh punk signs with aw i wonder if he'll have that call to personality theme song heck why wouldn't he i i think um you know wd doesn't own the rights to that uh in living color got ties to him and there there was a note that in living color uh followed to, uh aw and then they unfollowed him so i think they're in the mix i think it's a play hmm See, Good Brothers versus Gorilla Destiny. I think that's going to happen. Uh, on the AEW, maybe not. On Impact, I think that's a high possibility. Um, and then, um, or in New Japan, definitely, I would say. Is there any chance we can see Ted DiBiase Jr. debuting in AEW and feuding with Cody? You know what? I don't think Ted's uh, too intrigued to maybe get back in the ring. 
but heck, you never know. Never say never. Um, we did just have an interview with him, uh, I think a month ago or so. Uh, Bill Pritchard, our managing editor, Bruce Pritchard interviewed. Look it up uh, on, on WrestleZone. Just type in Ted DiBiase Jr. and uh, AEW. There's like a Bill talks him for a good amount of time. So, and they cover a lot of fun ground. They do talk about Cody on there. So give that a listen. Uh, okay, Wolves, let's see what you say. Whoa, one more thing because they're not using Bray at all at W. Anything out of no, I don't think Bray's going to be there. Maybe they're down the road. I just don't think there's any discussion of that right now. And you know what? Uh, Bray's tough. I think Bray has is kind of honestly, I think he's damaged goods from a, a standpoint of. They just, he runs around in circles. His whole character runs around in circles. There's never, from when they brought him in with the Wyatt family, we wanted him to brainwash people and blah, 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 and like bring in like this, and we we're excited for it. But geez, all he did was talk in circles, talk in circles, and he'd lose, and he'd lose, and he'd lose. It's tough. I, I don't, like, and The Fiend was very intriguing. Uh, the Fiend freaked me out, all that stuff, but I think they effed him up too. Uh, I might, some of you guys might not feel that way, but that's how I feel. Brock is AEW. Uh, from what I heard, Brock is not AEW. Uh, maybe at the moment he's not. Um, but maybe that I would not. Again, I don't rule any of this stuff out. I think AEW does have to be mindful of their current roster and like know that they can't get too bloated, obviously. So uh, let's see. Undertaker is a little Vince to ever go anywhere else. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, AWW is a need, everyone. I agree with you, Nesha. Uh, go Dallas. That would be kind of cool. They could definitely do something with Bo. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, now, I wanted to talk about this, and you guys can give me your thoughts. So, the conference call. Vince McMahon, the financial conference call, quarter two uh, of 2021. Uh I get intrigued to listen to those and I even called in like to listen and hopefully try to ask a question. Obviously didn't happen. I wasn't on there, but somebody asked a question and it was about AEW, but they did. And they said roster. They did not say CM Punk. They did not say Brian Danielson, but they mentioned like the boost and changes in roster. And uh, Vince was pretty dismissive of AEW. And, you know, maybe that's the attitude you want to convey. I don't know. Um, like he said, they're not competition. Does it consider them competition? Maybe we can give them more of our talent, like kind of taking a dig at him there. And, you know, listen to, for Vince to kind of be like, we're not paying attention to him. And then Nick Khan followed up by saying like, we have our blinders on, we consider everything competition, which is a fair answer. But honestly, if you're a publicly traded company and you deal in wrestling, even though Vince does not like to call it wrestling, you deal in that business would you not, isn't it, uh, aren't you beholden to your stakeholders to keep track of what your competition is doing? Because they are competition. It's wrestling. They're taking your two of your biggest stars that you've had and putting them on your pro, their product. And they're catching up to your Monday night ratings on Wednesday nights. I mean, so it's, I think it's pretty arrogant of Vince to say. Obviously, he's kind of always been that way. And um, I always feel like, you know, but heck, Vince has been in a bubble for the better part of 20 years. And, uh, you know, he does not, if you're not paying attention to that other product, how are you gonna, how are you gonna keep up? How are you gonna, like, because you look at what WWE's been putting out, now they've been lucky. 
I will say they've been fortunate and lucky because, and uh, I can't discredit Vince for, from a business acumen of like, Hey, they got signed by all this stuff, like big TV deals, streaming. Everybody wants live content and WWE is weekly live content. So boom, they get on Fox, boom, they get on Peacock, all that stuff. Who knows where else they're going to go? You know, so they're wheeling and dealing. They're signed a blood money contract with Saudi Arabia, all that stuff. So it's like, you can't, from a business a- aspect of like, hey, they're the top dog and it's going to be hard to topple them over. Now, but it's also like, you still have, you're still a wrestling company and you still have things in the mix. So Vince secluding himself and them saying like, hey, you know, we consider everything. I think Nick Khan kind of dumped a little bit of water on what Vince said and was like, hey, we consider everything competition, even sleep. Um, but you know, you if you're WWE, you better believe it's their competition. They're just not saying it because it's yeah, it, like maybe Vince isn't paying attention, and that's a problem. I would be willing to wager that Vince barely has watched a lot of AEW at all. You know, maybe a little bit, and the, the stuff that get, they get mocked for, I bet he he watched. You know, otherwise, um, Vince needs the blood money. Benjamin says, "Yeah, uh, I." make it a point to try to call Vince out on that every time, because you look at that when that deal happened, Hey, uh, Jamal Kasagi was dismembered. A journalist from the, from the Washington post was dismembered in Saudi Arabia, brutally dismembered. And they tried covering it up, but then you find out it was all Saudi Arabia that did it. It was the, you know, the, the, uh, the, whatever he is, I can't remember those three initials of his, he took he took part in it like he had it was bad it's bad and they still go there and they it's it's a blood money deal and like obviously with the plane stuff we don't know all the ins and outs of that it's just a horrible deal it's it does not make me want to root for them it does uh, you know I I root for the stars I and I root for the talent because there's only so much you can do as talent and you're making money like I root for them to make money I root for the like them to become stars because they deserve that you know. And as a fan, you want to see that, like Drew McIntyre, you want to see Bobby Lashley, I think has been very fortunate and good in his role right now. Uh, but it's just like with that stuff, it's such a turnoff, right? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, might be getting a Saudi show this year. We'll see how the pandemic handles it all. Uh, Nesha says COVID cases rising. I see it not happening. I kind of leaning with you. Um, maybe Vince doesn't consider them competition. It would make sense if you watch raw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say, James, I think from your, I think that's a good point. I think Vince does not consider them, legitimately does not consider them competition, but they are competition. And I think it's a problem that Vince does not see them that way. Obviously, you look at Raw. It's like, and my buddies through texting, like they were like, uh, AEW is an embarrassment with that death match and stuff like that. My retort was, look, you look at what WWE is putting out uh, currently, you have a doll that's basically hypnotizing people. That's one of your top storylines. There's a lot of, I don't know. I mean, wrestling is subjective, so there's certain aspects that people can like about it. And, you know, you're trying to tailor to different types of audience on both products. But, you know, come on. You know, I don't think one's a pure and bare. Again, gray areas. There's gray areas. It's not black and white here. Um, 
trying to think. Oh, Nesha, I did want to mention that. Uh, Frankie Gazarian, one of my favorites in AEW going right now, showed up on Impact uh, last night and uh, to help out, of all people, Sammy Callahan. And now it looks like it's going to be Sammy Callahan. It's going to be uh, Kazarian. And it's going to be Eddie Edwards going against Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers next week on Impact. And uh, I think it's great. I think it's a good thing to do. Uh, Kaz is a great personality. He's got a great thing going right now as being the elite hunter. And, you know, it's a nice little tie in that keeps things fresh for not only impact, keeps things fresh for Frankie and, uh, you know, makes him kind of like on this mission and further accentuates that thing of like, Hey, I'm going to go anywhere where these guys are going and track them down and take them out. So I did like that a lot. Uh, <laughs> best in the world. Shane McMahon is AEW. Oh my God. Could you imagine that? Now that would create some buzz, wouldn't it not? Vince's son in AEW. Holy shit. Uh, Vince knows what's going on in AEW. He just wants to look, he just wants to let in on it. He doesn't want to let in on it. I don't maybe to an extent. I don't think he's I think he's in a bubble. And I don't think he's fully pawed into it. I think he's more in his own world and more invested in his own product, you know. And like they'll say, hey, that's a good thing. Focus on what you're doing and stuff like that. And I get that to an extent. But listen, what makes wrestling fun is when you have this competition going back and forth. WWE can try to slice it any way we want. AEW's competition for it. It just, it just is. They would not be so reactionary to trying to sign Malachi Black back if he was to show up, if they fucked up on his non-compete clause where he's got the nxt contract still and he's got only 30 days not 90 days they would not do that if they did not consider him competition but guess what boom he's there and they tried to sign him back they called buddy murphy to try to they thought it was him and it wasn't him aw's competition that's it uh andrade feuding with the death triangle going to be awesome andrade versus phoenix heck yeah andrade versus Pac. andrade versus pentagon Plus, you got Chavo in the mix as his manager and everything like that. It's exciting. It's going to be understated. It's going to be a, definitely a big understated match, I think, that's going to fall into all out, you know, and stuff like that. So very exciting stuff to, to kind of keep in mind there. Um, I got to say, I like the Ricky Stark celebration with the the jazz, the brass band and all that stuff. Very New Orleans and stuff like that. It was brief. It was brief, but it was pretty cool. Um trying to think what else guys what else did you like about dynamite i'm trying to think of of other things that were good to talk about oh thunder rosa and julia hart uh hard hitting um i think it was a good showcase for thunder rosa i think they really did a good job at getting julia hart over too Jeez, she's only like 19 is she even 19 so uh it's a great start for her uh they're really hammering the point home like thunder rosa is probably going to be challenging for that title sooner than later and that's exciting because I, you know, friend of the show, we call her, uh, like Eddie Kingston. Uh, we say that uh, I think the sky's the limit for Thunder Rosa. And she's going to be the next one of wrestling's next huge stars. Uh, from a marketing standpoint, from a presence standpoint, she's got it all. She's got it all. And it's exciting. Uh, let's see. Bandito should join Andrade and uh, Guerrero. Uh, that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. But again, that goes in with uh, tying in ROH with them. And I just don't think you can really do that, you know, at this moment in time with uh, Marty Scroll pulling the strings because that'll be it. a lot of reaction. Yeah, Nesha, I made the Eddie reference. Uh, let's see what Rives thinks. Of. I've seen on the internet some fans put Vince in the categories with controversial leaders like dictators and terrorists. 
including Trump. Now, okay, I'm not going, Vince is not a, you know, to that category of a Hussein or anything like that. Now, Vince is an alpha male. Vince is very Trumpian-like in that regard, where it's like, Trump's got that, like, you know, uh, business, I, I'm all about this, I'm all about that, you know, and, uh, you know, they're friends, you know, so it's, and there's a reason, like, they're big businessmen, and they're, they're stubborn, all that stuff, so that's certainly in comparison to the extent of, like, a terrorist or whatever, Vince is a ruthless businessman, and Vince has an ego, and Vince is a bully, Vince is also, has shown compassion, has, loves kids, uh, and there's so much to be said of like when he really does get thoughtful for wrestling gray area. Again, everything needs to be black and white on social media and on the internet. It's not life is not that way. And I'm not subscribing to that. I think there's so much gray area with everything. And, um, I think it, not to get too out of the element of wrestling, but there needs to be a matter of understanding with everybody too. And uh, just kind of like, hey, come on. I, like, we're all people here. Uh, I think if people got down to it and had a frank discussion with one another and, like, you took all the BS out of life and everything like that, I think a lot of people would come to a meeting as of the minds. And, but it's we got so much bullshit in the way, right? You know, whether it's politics, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, you name it, anything societal, uh, class, levels of class, all that stuff, all that comes into play. And, you know, it muddies everything up, doesn't it? And it's frustrating. I don't like it, but yes, there's a business mindset. Hey, thanks, Liz. Appreciate it. Uh, I remember we talked about Kaz versus Kenny recently now. Look, yeah, that's right. How about that, huh? Man, we're, you were right. Now, should geez. <laughs> Maybe they're listening, huh? So, no, it was, uh, I'm excited for Kaz. Um, I'm excited I like Brian Cage as a baby face. I like what they're doing with Christian. They really put that over too, that he's undefeated and all that stuff. Um, you know, Christian's such a solid guy. And like, I think he's really getting to flex those muscles. I Now, I got to admit, I did, was not in tune with TNA when he was there that for his first run. So I, I'd imagine it was very akin to something like this, but we're really seeing a great, great stuff from Christian right now. Um, you know, and you know, jeez, how over was uh, Jungle Boy with that music and everything like that on Dynamite? That's that's what's cool about Dynamite. There's such a buzz with those live crowds. You don't, you're not getting that huge feeling with WWE shows. And but and that's what makes it kind of stand out with Dynamite is you're getting these unique environments. Like not every arena here looks the same, you know, with Dynamite. And not only that, but you have these crowds that are into it and into new stars. Enchanting for new stars and very reactionary. So it's been very cool to see. Uh, what do you think about 205 Live? Honestly, I cannot give you too much about that because I'm not, I know they did like some qualifier stuff with the NXT breakout tournament, but I have not been into 205 Live. And they've lost a lot of talent on that brand from Anthony Green to Ario Davari, who I interviewed uh, a few weeks back. You can take a listen to that. That's still a great interview. He talks about all this stuff about working and he's so smart. Like there's so much he said about what newer stars have to be concerned with. And that's working TV time matches, watch going back and watching TV matches rather than like matches from pay-per-views and stuff like that. Because guess what? Wrestling is becoming a TV product more and more than it is a live product. 
obviously it's great to have the live fans back. I'm excited to see live fans back. That's what fuels the fire here, but it is becoming a TV product primarily. Uh, if Vince hates NXT, why doesn't he cancel the show altogether and bring some talent to Raw and SmackDown and the rest to be released? You know, it's, I think Vince is, obviously this is a dynamite show, so I don't want to cover too much on this, but I think dynamite, I mean, I think Raw, uh, NXT, I think he's, NXT has a sour taste in his mouth and that includes for talent. Like, I don't think he views the talent. Vince's probably mindset is like, Hey, if these guys get over, they get over, you know? And I think he feels that way. And I think he feels that way about the brand. And you know what? It's always to that aspect of like, if Vince didn't create that person or did, he feels that he doesn't get credit for creating that person, then he doesn't give a, he doesn't give a damn about them or he won't, you're already not over with him. So I think there's that aspect of it. And, you know, uh, it's not fair to triple H. It's not fair to the brand of NXT and the workers of NXT and the stars of NXT because heck, that's where your lifeblood's cut should be coming from. But look, we're getting. I like John Cena. I love Goldberg. But look what we're getting. Look at what we're getting. So there's a lot to be said about that. Uh, so let nothing is black and white. The USA still has traded countries that prove minorities and reeducate. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, enjoy the fans while we can. Exactly. You just don't know. Uh, let's see. It's Triple H's show. Yeah, I think NXT is a fun product. You know. I think it is. Uh, I enjoy covering it. Um, you know, I don't think it's super duper hot, but it's still fun to watch. And like, I think it's overall a good show. So yeah. Um, do I want to cover anything else in particular? Um, I think that's about it guys. Unless you guys want to chime in with some closing questions and stuff like that. Uh, that's all I pretty much have. Uh, United center, obviously that's big news. Um, it's just a fun time, guys. Fun time to be a fan of wrestling in general. Uh, I think, you know, it's, and heck with all this stuff, even with the, the Nick Gage and the dominoes and things like that, it's what a wild time, huh? You know, you, you look back, you think like 10 years ago, Twitter was still around, but it's just like to get all this weird engagement from like dominoes disavowing and Nick Gage calling out like Matt Cardona and dominoes or, and then you have uh, PBR getting in the mix. It's just a wild, just what a wild west on fucking Twitter. <laughs> it's nuts. So, uh, yeah, guys, uh, as far as plugs go, um, geez, just to tune into WCW rewritten. Marcus just did a show uh, this past uh, Sunday. We just did a double header. So if you haven't gotten to catch up with that, tune into that. Uh, tune into. Uh, I'll have some interviews hopefully coming up here soon. I got to kind of, I went on vacation and then I'm kind of like getting back in the rhythm of like, all right, boom, like let's tackle some more interviews and get more stuff done. So, uh, but you can follow me on Twitter. Like you see right there down below at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. You can follow my degenerate brother, Marcus on Twitter at Marcus P D'Angelo. And you can follow two dynamite dudes on Twitter at, Two dynamite dudes. Um, also, yes. Okay, this is big news too. I actually created, I don't know if it's, I hope it's available. I meant to check this before I got on air. But I set up a new feed, an own separate feed for two dynamite dudes. If you guys could, if you guys could subscribe to that. So type in just two dynamite dudes, type in my name, 
on your podcast listening option of choice pops up subscribe to it if you're on itunes give us a good review i want like it's just going to help me get a better gauge of numbers and stuff like that and seeing how many people tune in uh so i want to create a, a own separate feed for two dynamite dudes i might do the same with rewritten so if you can do it please do the so and uh i'd really appreciate it uh want to create some more buzz with this stuff so that's how it goes uh let's see i want to make sure let's see thank you nesha i love talking wrestling with you too uh oh Dominic, which wrestler would you put in your favorite show? Now, do you mean my favorite show, like television show? Or do you mean like a favorite wrestling show? So I'll answer both here. What wrestler would you put in your favorite show? So I'm going to say I love Justified. Now, that's not no longer on. So it deals with like Kentucky, uh, Elmore Leonard, uh, U.S. Marshall, very kind of Western-y feel to it, but in a modern day setting. You know, uh, what wrestler would I put in that mix, though? That's that's tough. That is tough. I don't know. Like, this might sound weird, but I really like L.A. Knight. Like, as a, I think he's just got a good charisma and stuff like that. I think he could fit in something to that effect. I think he'd be a good. I mean, you put Batista in a lot of stuff. It'd be pretty darn cool. Um, I think that's that would be okay. Television show. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, so Justified, I really like that show. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's another like show currently that I really watch. I don't really watch a whole lot of current news. I like Fargo. Okay, here we go, Fargo. Or Better Call Saul. I love Better Call Saul. So who would I put in there? Who would I think go well? Richard Holiday from MLW. I think he'd be great in that. Uh, RJ City. Here we go. Yeah, RJ City, I think you put in a lot of different stuff. So RJ City in... Uh, in the office, I think would be cool. I know that's not a show that's no longer on, but that would be really neat. Um, he was just on Celebrity Family Feud. Um, RJ City <laughs> in Mad Men. <laughs> be pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I, he could play somebody in Better Call Saul too. I just think he's a great character and could really tie in into a lot of stuff. So there you go. How about that, James? Um, Domino should be happy. It was crazy timing. Yeah, I agree with you there. Dalton Castle and Stranger Things. That would be pretty interesting. Wrestling or house flipping shows for me. It would be interesting. Yeah, that would be pretty neat. Yeah, you could definitely do that. There's a whole... I think there's a certain aspect to the reality television and pro wrestling. Like, those kind of shows. You gotta have characters and personas. That's what gets the show over. And what gets rest, wrestling over are the stars. So, yeah. That's how I feel about that. Alright, guys. Jeez, we went an hour. So, alright. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Maybe we'll see you... Uh, for a short little episode. I don't want to hold for that because I just don't know. But uh, we'll get Marcus's opinion on some things coming up either way. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh